You got the chill. The chill. The chill. The chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. People like me. That's some booty, Jim. Presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. I am Jim Rutledge. You never go full Rutledge. <laughs> what you, was the big one that Stroh really messed up? No idea. Irrelevant. Intensive purposes. And unplugged. <laughs> Plugged out. Plugged out. <laughs> Last night was rough, man. Broadcasting live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, Piers, Jim Rutledge. It's that uh, time of year, Alex Stroke, where you wonder, are the Brewers good or do they just play in a crappy division? Uh, both. I think two things can be true. I, I, and good. If they're good, in a crap- I struggle with the word good in sports because, like, here's we were just talking in the break, and I, I'll use the NFL as an example because the NFL rules all. I think there's, like, seven good teams in the NFL. That means there's 25 teams that are either meh or below. Meh, right? Like, baseball... There are always a few good teams. Could I tell you who those are right now? Probably not. The teams that it buys, maybe. Um, the Brewers are fine. They are good at stuff, right? They are good at pitching the baseball, typically. And then their number two guy gets hurt heading into the biggest series of the year for them. That wouldn't have mattered last night, though. Uh, the number two guy being night, hurt. It would have mattered tonight. Right, but their number two guy did not cause them to blow last night's game. No, right. Like they blew it. Their number last one night. guy blew it last night. Yes, and their number one bullpen guy blew it last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were in it. It was still four to three. Yeah. When Williams went in there and imploded, seventeen base runners, three three runs is is a big issue. It's a Absolutely. Big issue. Uh, it was. And look, the pitching's only get harder. For, I mean, Arizona's got a stud out there tonight. So I yeah. mean, what's his name? Zach Gallen, I believe his name is. He's like a really young. I don't know how to say his name, but that's how I would say it. Yeah. Not totally sure. Look, it's G A L L E N. It took me a while to figure out how to say last night's game. Last last night's guy, uh, Fat, right? His uh, last name is Fat. Fat. It's P F A A D T was his name. Fat. Yeah, yeah. Fat. Not and, fat though. He was a skinny dude. But did you know that he was actually a rookie and he had a what? I think a yeah. five point seven. It was really ERA bad. Really bad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read in the Athletic this morning that it was the largest disparity in ERAs between starting pitchers, where the Pitcher with the higher ERA lost. This, is, or this is some nerdy stats. I All love right, it. I'm, I'm not no, even no, I like it. I like it. This is a compliment. Yeah, so Gallon tonight, though, much better than that. Uh, over 200 innings really pitch, yeah, 200 really some good. strikeouts, 340 something ERA. So, yeah, the guy's a beast. And the Brewers on the precipice of being Tampa, they were good. Like, they're out. They lost to the Rangers. They the Rangers the are a pretty people. injured team, though. And, like, their yeah. Scherzer's out for the year. Rangers are moving on. And they moved on. And. It is one of those things where if the Brewers crap the bat again, it is it, you have every right to be disappointed because oh, here's yeah. what you can't guarantee. And this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The Mountain Blue, you know what to do. And that's Crush Coors Light. We're live from the Everlight Solar Studio. You can get to the show, 844-770-3776. I don't really have an Iron Jack poll question around the Brewers specifically, but they are a team where I think they're an above-average team that won. I thought they'd win 85 games. I think the division got them the six extra wins. Now, they're still the best team in the division. I'm not arguing that. But I am arguing if you're the best team in a meh division. Because the Cubs were the only other team competing in the division. They're the only they're other team that finished. At, at the end, yeah. The yeah. Reds were around for a while, but then Early. they fell off. But like, to me, at the end of the year, you know what your team, you know what the teams are. Yeah. And so the, I think the Cubs the finished Reds up young. one game above 500. 
Yeah, I think they won. Uh, they fell just a few games short of the, that last wild card, which would have been kind of a fun series. If Cubs, it was Cubs finished Brewers. at uh, eighty three and seventy nine. So uh, the Reds finished above five hundred with eighty two and eighty, but then the Pirates seventy six and eighty six, and the Cardinals seventy one and ninety one. And look, some of the stats in, the, in September can get overblown. Uh, Matt Hamilton was listing off some hitting stats for the Brewers. It's like, well, you played some teams in the Cardinals, especially they were done. They're toast. You're not playing. You're not giving up, but you're just playing different players at the end of the year, long baseball season, to get young guys an opportunity, kind of see how that goes. Now, it's one thing, so for an example here, the Padres are the third place team uh, in in the West, and they have very similar records, but the number one team in the West has 100 wins, yeah. and then you have Arizona with 84. So, and I guess, I'm sorry, the Brewers got the 92 wins this year, so that's my bad. Yeah, 90, 92 and whatever, 70. Um, the Braves have 100. So everyone else is well over 10, you know, well over 10 wins over the Brewers, or, or nearly 10 wins. 104, and then you had 80 or 100 yeah, but for the Yeah, the thing with the Brewers was, and kind of seems to continue to be the case here, although I don't know that I'd call the Diamondbacks bad, is they struggled with bad teams this year. Right? Like, that was an ongoing trend that we talked about in July when we did our State of the Brewer show and, and had President of Baseball Operations Matt Arnold on. And, um, you know, it, they just struggled with bad teams. And that trend continued really well, to the end of the year. Especially when you consider the Diamondbacks are 41 and 40 away from home. So they are an average team yeah, away from that is on the, the road. That is literally the definition of average yeah. 500. Yeah. And so they are a team that. You'd you'd expect you'd expect more, or you'd be more okay with it if this was on the road. Like you'd feel better about this is on the road. And they stumbled in; they were four and well, six their last time. I mean, and last night was a bona fide disaster. I, I don't know how you view now it I, any other way. It was a bona fide disaster. You you had control of that game. You controlled the tempo. You controlled the energy. And then your number one guy in Corbin Burns just couldn't get anything done. Here's the the, the Brewers blew it last night. They didn't blow the series, but they blew the game they last blew night. Blew the game. Absolutely. And now I would say I don't know how the stats go as far as like the odds they win the series, but I said this yesterday, if they lost the first game, I think they lose the series. I tend to agree with you because as I as I brought up earlier, they were in 20, uh, 20 series where they lost, 23 game series where they lost the first game this season. They only came back to win five of them, meaning they won the last two games. Right? Like, th- that is not that is not good, right? Like 20, 25% ain't good. You'd like to see more of You'd like to see 75% there. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned. I'll, I'll keep it as simple as that. I, I, I think they find a way to get it done tonight, but I'm worried about tomorrow. Because that, to your point, Jimmy, was what we were just talking about with, with Brandon Woodruff being out. That's where he really helps you. If you have Freddie Peralta going in Game 3 in a best-of-three series, you feel a lot better about your chances with him on the mound. Here's what but I want to say. Well, first, 17 Chris, base runners, three runs. Unacceptable. Go Chris ahead. from Manitowoc, Watch Waters chimes in. Stroke, you're back. Happy to hear your voice. Are you over your two-day hangovers? Uh, I, I haven't really been drinking this week, so I'm, I'm good. And so the other... This week. That's <laughs> it's booty, Wednesday. Jim. But hey, whatever. That's like, sober, sober-ish, October-ish. Goodness. October-ish. I haven't drank this week. It's Wednesday. And it's not even, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's had two days really to drink, Monday and Tuesday, because it's Wednesday at 5-12. Hey, on the radio. Hey, I think I might go get a Coors Light after the show tonight, though. Yeah, you got a whole fridge full of them, too. Might, might go watch the game somewhere. But <laughs> if the Brewers lose tonight, I do not want to hear a single word about a curse or about Woodruff's injury or any of that. If they lose tonight, Dunzo. zip it. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I don't want to hear about Woodruff's injury because you had Peralta going, and Peralta's a pretty damn good pitcher. He's a good now, pitcher. if they lose in three, okay, because now you had, to, you, you had to go to someone who wasn't one of your top three. But Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta yeah. are close enough that for me, for two games in this series, if you lose, you blew it. There's no asterisk to it of Woodruff being hurt. Uh, you blew it. Let me if ask you, lose you this. Tonight. 
and, and Ryan, I, I know you watched the entirety of the game last night. Jimmy, I assume you watched at least a good chunk of it. I lost the last uh, four innings. Okay, so you caught kind of I didn't of see any runs, part. I don't think. So, so, no, I, I didn't see any runs from the Brewers. No, I saw, saw runs, runs from, from the D-backs. I saw yeah. a few runs from the D-backs. So I guess, are you more disappointed in, in the Brewers pitching or their, or their offense last night? Defense or offense, right? Like, what is more disappointing to you? Because as bad as the pitching was, and as much as Corbin Burns did not show up like he typically does, the offense had 17 base runners. 17! And they had multiple opportunities with the bases loaded, with no outs or one out, and they did not capitalize on them. So I, I would honestly lean offense, right? Like you had several opportunities to put the, the pedal on the floor, to put your, your foot on the, the D-back's throat, and you didn't. The right? Brewers are 17th in the Major League Baseball all of last year in run scores. So I'm disappointed in, the, in their pitching. They're okay. offense, this is what they are. They're you can streaky. Be in both. They don't come through. They didn't come yeah. through in a clutch, but that's what their offense is. This whole team, all year, forever, from the Brewers, from the players, from fans, just get us in the playoffs. We've got a chance. You've got, you got Burns, you got Peralta, and you got Woodruff. Well, Burns won last night, and he crapped the bed. Get to the end of the game and get to Williams, and it's over. Now, he crapped the bed, too. So where, your, strong, your strong point blows it. That's who I'm mad at. The hitting is yeah. the hitting. They don't score runs. 17th ain't it. 17th doesn't get you into the playoffs. Yeah, they were 23rd in batting average and 23rd in OPS this season. Too. How about home runs? Home runns? That I don't have on hand. Uh, but I know they're that really they were. Low. They're, they're the lowest batting average in OPS of any team who made the playoffs. They, I think the lowest run scores because they're lower than Arizona. Atlanta's number one. Dodgers number two. Rangers three. Tampa four. Houston five. Cubs were six. And then Baltimore, Philly. And then Cincinnati was up there as well. Minnesota. I've listed a lot of playoff teams there. Yeah, you have. And, and so when you look at it, I can tell you home runs because I have, have all this stuff in front of me. But the Brewers were not a team that scores runs. And so I can't be mad at them for doing what they do 24th. Yeah. 24th in home runs. Yeah. I, I think you're totally right. And JJ and Poinette on the text line says ultimately three runs should, should have been enough with, with Burns on the mound. While you're right, he, he, it, it, it was a bad performance for him. If they lost 4-3, to three, I would feel different. I totally Williams agree with you. you I had totally pressure agree. on the Diamondbacks. Pressure, pressure to play their closer or their their pit, their relief pitcher would have had to come out there, or they would have had to. They might have gone to their closer because this guy was pitching a few innings last night, and I, I know he's capable of that. But anyways, then pressure is on Arizona to close out a game, a playoff game with young players on their team. Arizona is very young on the road, and that puts a lot of pressure on them. And Williams went in there and crapped the bed. And gave up the runs that made it a cakewalk at the end there. There was no pressure in that last inning. The whole point of playing at home, the the, the loud fans is nice. That's all fine and dandy. It is <laughs> the having... The loud fans is nice. <laughs> but it, look, what matters the most is being able to the opportunity to put pressure on a team. You're down one. You get a guy on base. Now, all of a sudden, that pitcher is crapping his pants. Because, yeah. especially if it's a young player, it's too much. And that is... Where I push blame is on the pitching. We're going to throw some stones next. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts.
Relish and Hamilton. Trust me, bro. I play Madam. Relish and Hamilton uh, continues live <laughs> from the Everlight Solar Studio. Uh, he's Alex Strofe. I'm Jim Rutledge. We're presented by Coors Light. We'll throw some stones in a minute. But yeah, so I've been trying to play this Bears season in all Madden mode. It is not fun. So uh, what's your record? I have one win. I am through... Oh, so more than the Bears. Yeah, but I'm through like seven games. And I imagine that'll probably be what they're at. Through probably. Seven games. And I'm about just... Hey, tomorrow uh, ain't going to be one of them. What's that? Washington, Chicago. We were just talking off the air. That's yeah. why we brought up Madden. Um, Washington, Chicago tomorrow on Amazon Prime. Um, I would rather watch anything else. I, like, I will legitimately turn on Love is Blind on Netflix over Chicago, Washington tomorrow. <laughs> he's that gonna, is such he's, a disgusting game. He's going to watch it. <laughs> You're probably, unless oh, the Brewers are playing, in. I will. Yeah. Unless the Brewers are playing, I will. Um, but it came but up because awful. he was talking about the front, the front for Washington. Washington. That and, was, and I just kind of said, because I had to play them recently. I was like, yeah, trust me. They kicked my ass and <laughs> batted. Like, that, I, I couldn't that run the ball. ball. I, couldn't, I couldn't run the ball. Because look, with Fields, at least you have a cheat. You can usually do the the read option, and I'm I'm a pro at that. Play, from playing the college football game forever, so like it's true. I just can't throw the ball deep. I have the same problem. I struggle reading defenses, making quick decisions. <laughs> That's so, Justin Fields. Yes, he got uh, two pieces of pie. Right, but like you let me run around a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm rolling. Give yeah, me a good. rollout. I'm good. Like <laughs> that's, that's my, that is my that's my money. So yeah, God. it is, Jim, Jim, it is concerning to me takes. that the starting quarterback from my favorite team has the uh, the same play style as so, I do in Madden. Like, before we throw, which stones. is basically I'm going to get the ball. I'm going to run to the right with Fields to see if I can either get the edge. or or find a guy cutting across the field in a scramble drill. I just want to acknowledge that yeah. you have redeemed yourself because I started the show by calling you a decrepit old man. Yeah. And now you are breaking down your Madden plays yeah. for yeah. us. Yeah. You, you've gone from like 72 to 12. Yes. In the matter of an hour. That's All impressive. Right. Let's throw some stones. The guys think they have the answers to everything. I'm the best there is. People like me. So it's time to put them to the test. That's some booty, Jim. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This is Throwing Stones, presented by Metro Kia of Madison, Madison's trusted Kia dealership. Yeah, guys, it is time to throw some stones here on Rutledge and Hamilton. And Strofe, you may not know this, but sticks and stones may break your bones, but words, boy, do they confuse me. I've heard this, and it makes me laugh every time. (laughs) You're welcome. Because it's an accurate statement. So there's plenty going on out in the world, too much for me to make sense of. So I bring my questions here to Jim and Strofe looking for answers. I'll score those answers throughout, and at the end, I'll decide whose answers made the most sense, and I'll decide today's winner of throwing stones. So... Thing that caught my eye a couple days ago, actually, I meant to bring it up yesterday, but we didn't have time, is that Wisconsin Badgers are scheduling a home and away with the Pittsburgh Panthers up in 2026 2027. Now, this is an interesting. The only reason I bring this up is because apparently the Panthers are considering having that 2027 game that would be played in Pittsburgh. They're thinking about playing it in Ireland. So the Badgers possibly playing their first, I think, first ever international game other than the Hold Japan on, time Bowl. out, time out, time out. Wait, real wait, quick, wait. real quick. Uh, Twins, Blue Jays game on right now. Jordan Love jersey in the crowd. Just wanted to point Fantastic. that out. Go on. Okay, okay. But so I ask you guys, Brewers, or Brewers, Badgers playing internationally, does that make you more interested early in the season? Because this would assume be like a week zero, week one game. Yeah. So, Jim, I'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, absolutely be more interesting to see them play internationally. I always find it fun. And, like, I like what ESPN did. I didn't know what the Toy Story game was going to be like, but I ended up – I didn't watch it, uh, but I watched the other broadcast. My kids are not into football, so, like, I wasn't 
playing a Toy Story game wasn't going to get them more into it. It would actually probably confuse them because they're just <laughs> starting to figure out football, and yeah. then they'll be like, the, the, "That broadcast was something." But I will give ESPN a ton of credit for a lot for having that be available, yeah. and I think it was a fun and really cool idea. And I think playing overseas is a really cool idea. So I'm, I'm in. It adds a little juice to it. Yeah. I would travel overseas just for the See, Badger I, game. I, I fully disagree with that. So I've already talked to our boss. Um, I, I told him, hey, I'm going for a work trip. You better start figuring it out. Um, well, so that's not you paying for it. I know. I'm, I'm, say, I'm trying yeah. not to pay for it. That's well, right. exactly yeah, Of course people go for it. I'm saying, would you schedule a vacation around it? Uh, in Ireland, yeah. I'm, I'm, pretty I'm, cool. I'm super Irish. So like, my grandpa actually came from Ireland. That's not a joke. So like super, is that like super life? No, uh, super <laughs> maiden name, maiden name. Uh, so my mom's side, Daly, the last name. That's pretty. That's pretty that's Irish. Super Irish. Um, Strope is German, but anyway, um, you don't say. <laughs> screw off, Jim. Strope. <laughs> 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 Sounds like the name of a German shepherd. That? Uh, that's how a German says Strope. <laughs> All right. So yes, it's more intriguing. Like yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Strope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my if you yell anything loud, it sounds like a swear. It sounds German, is what it really. I'm what it holding is. a pen. I'm gonna yell pen. Pen. What? No, you gotta have like pen. Yeah, That's yeah. German. Pen. Okay. 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 <laughs> Stroke. What? Stroke. <laughs> you gonna turn your mic on or no? I don't know if you guys realize this because now you can hear me. Are you? Uh, you were just floundering. He, he was just talking. Look, you had your headphones making, on. You couldn't hear yourself. With the predecessor, with your predecessor here, you were just what stumbling. the hell was that? <laughs> you guys were making me laugh. He's so not hard. mad. He's disappointed. <laughs> He's just talking into a microphone that's not lit up. Good and God! I, I want to acknowledge Look, you have a red light. <laughs> if anybody's watching the video stream, there is a red light that is beautifully. At your eye level, that lights up when the microphone and is on. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you speak and your microphone is not on, you're not going to hear correct. yourself. Correct. All, right. sure. all right. Anyway, Look, I already told you guys. I haven't done that before. All right. What are we doing? Come on. Words confuse me. All right, guys. And so do Everything is confusing yes, you currently. Thank you. Thank you. So the, we're starting 48 Good days straight Lord. of football. Uh, tonight, Jacksonville State's taking on Middle Tennessee. <laughs> FIU's taking on New Mexico State. Sweet. We're getting 48 days in a row of football. Guys, are you interested at all in Tuesday and Wednesday football games? Yes. All right, that game. The answer is yes, not that game, although it's Wednesday today, Jim. Nice job. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, Maction is usually like Tuesdays, isn't it, sometimes? Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, I love Maction. Um, I'm not as much of a degenerate as I used to be, right? I don't bet as much as I used to. But uh, pat on the back to me. I should get a point for that, responsibly. Um, uh, Maction is awesome, especially when you have some juice on it. So, yeah, I mean, 48 days, I'll watch football 40 of them. Okay. I'll give the girlfriend a day a week. How generous. Yeah, that's me. Wow. Gentleman over here. <laughs> Humble. Strofe! It sounds like such a romantic name. Just, <laughs> romantic, he's as romantic as his name is. Is she keeping her maiden name? Is, it gonna be, what's, is she keeping the maiden name? She doesn't want Strofe? I, I, I don't know. I'm not engaged. Haven't had that conversation yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you be bothered if she's like, you know what? I'm just going to keep my name. No, probably not. Hyphenated? I'm not that egotistical. No, I wouldn't mind. I went to V there, but my, my wife was like, it's fine. Like, I wasn't like, yeah. you gotta take my name. No, yeah, I, I don't care. But her maiden name was Dundee, so she was kind of over the crocodile Dundee jokes. Oh, yeah, that's, that's kinda, a tough one. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's uh, a tough one. What was the question? <laughs> oh, no. It depends on the game. It, it completely depends on the game. I'm not dialing up. Well, one, I hate FIU, obviously, because they're a rival of FIU. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm not dialing up 
like just random games, but like if sure, there's sure. a game we're interested in, whether it'd be probably tied to like a NFL draft prospect. And okay. realistically, it'd be more of like, hey, is there a quarterback playing in the MAC that I'd like to see play with my own eyes instead of highlights? Like Diego that would Pavia, be New Mexico State. Does he move the needle for you? Excuse if that's me? a real you, person, you, then yes. You know the quarterback of New Mexico State? Yeah, is that my fantasy football team? You have a college fantasy football team. Oh, that I do. That is some degenerate <laughs> stuff right there, man. Look, I will be tuning in for every 40, all 48. Well, yeah, that I, I believe. Promise. That I believe. All right. Well, we know someone at least here isn't a de- degenerate. That's. Jim Rutledge. Really? What? Strofe. You kind of sound like a bad rapper. And I think that's what you're going for. Yeah. You actually kind of nail it. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's very dead on. I got. I, it's really impressive. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding at all. I appreciate that. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. It's going to take a little time. Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. And the O-line to get him over. Wisconsin football analyst. I want to know who love is. Musical genius. I want you to show me. Mark Tauscher on Rutledge and Hamilton is brought to you by Chalmers Jewelers. Chalmers Jewelers with locations in Middleton and downtown Madison. Wow. This guy, enabler, the Falcons, I can't handle him, QB. Well, we know... Mark Tauscher's musical sweet spot. We go from uh, Foreigner and Queen. Uh, Tauscher is uh, straight living in the late 70s, early 80s there. Mark, uh, thanks for serenading us. Yeah, that's an interesting open. Um, <laughs> wait, wait till I'm just glad you didn't play last week, which was, which I believe was my worst. So I, I can live with that. Those are, I actually... I'm delusional enough to think that I sounded pretty good there. Uh, Tausche, I'm with you, dude. I, I, I've i called it the greatest moments in radio the last couple of weeks. I think now you're pushing Wildy. He sang a song last week. Like, I know. I, I think it is the best segment in radio every single week. Uh, no offense, Chip. Like, I'll tell you this. Uh, he wasn't bad. Like, he has enough confidence and bravado and uh, enough in the voice to carry it. You're talking about Tausche or Wildy? Yeah, Tausche. Tausche? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you, you've got a good voice, Tausche. Have you ever been a karaoke guy? Did you Have you ever no. sung karaoke? Never. No, because typically whenever I'm uh, karaokeing, I'm pretty pretty far gone already yeah, at that course. point. So I'm not as focused as I probably need to be. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I used to love karaoke. Now this is going to be the karaoke. And I'll be honest with you, uh, now I have to do it every week. It, it was fun at first. Now I feel like it's – I'm not saying it's become a job because it hasn't. <laughs> But it's the hardest I work all week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're living pretty good if that's the hardest you work all, all week. We can at least acknowledge that. Yeah, I can, uh, I can agree with you on that, for sure. Mark, uh, Packers defense, what everyone's up in arms are, and I do think the offense is complicit in some of their problems. Like, if you don't have complimentary football and you leave the defense out there all the time, it doesn't help anything. Joe Barry is the poster child for who everyone wants fired. 
I have this thought of like it has to kind of happen like after the Raiders game if it's a bad game or not at all this year because then you have a big window between the ninth and the twenty second that you could have someone a new voice come in and make some changes. Do you think if the Packers had another terrible performance like they did against the Lions defensively against the Raiders that Joe Barry could be out? Yeah, I just don't see it. Uh, I think if you were going to make that move, it would have been this off season and. Uh, obviously, if the Raiders go throw up 40 points and Jacobs runs all over us, and you know, then I that would I agree with your uh, kind of your sentiment in saying that if you're going to do it, the bye week you get a little extra time. But I I think this is Matt Lafleur's guy. He had opportunities this off season uh, to look at uh, some other options that were available and he just decided not to do that and he decided it relatively quickly like right after the lions game that they lost to that they could have made the playoffs so i just i don't think that's the case but again the nfl is so league to league or week to week in that league that things can change but if you're asking me right now unless it's an epic collapse where you're giving up a ton of points to a team that you shouldn't like on a, out in Las Vegas, which is going to be a Packer home game, uh, I don't see it. I think Joe Barry finishes the season as the defensive coordinator. And following up on that, if Joe Barry turns out not to be the guy and it has to be done at the end of the year, is that a blemish on LaFleur's resume? Like, it's one thing to be loyal, but if you're just rolling it back with the wrong guy, I get the point you don't want to fire midseason. That's not great. But like, if you've just had the wrong guy for a while now, and you keep on rolling with it no matter how loyal you want to be. Could that be a blemish against LaFleur that if he has to roll two years with a subpar defensive coordinator, if that turns out to be the case? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I think Matt LaFleur put himself out there for with Joe Barry mm-hmm. in deciding what he did last year. So, yeah, I uh, I think there's there's you always want loyalty when you're talking about coaches because you know there's a lot of stuff that happens on a coaching staff. But the thing that I just I haven't understood was the quick decision that they made last year to keep him and not even like look at Vic Fangio and some of the other names that were available. Uh, that was the part that just uh, didn't make a ton of sense to me then. So I think Matt LaFleur is obviously comfortable with who Joe Barry is and what he does defensively. But the part, the other part that is a little bit, I don't quite get is he's asking him to do something that Joe Barry hasn't been. And they're trying to do different things defensively to fit more what Matt LaFleur wants. So, uh, it is definitely going to be a blemish. If this defense is not very good and they don't make the playoffs and it got worse than what it was last year, Matt LaFleur put himself out there for Joe Barry, and if it's not the case, that's that's part of evaluating a head coach. One of the biggest parts, as a matter of fact, is who is your staff and how effectively are they getting your vision executed out on the football field? And if things don't go well, that obviously means that it was not done very well. Yeah, it's a good point, Tausch. And, you know, I've, I've been working through this since Thursday night's ass-kicking uh, at the hands of Detroit that the Packers lost, fell to 2-2. Two and two. Like, what do we know about Matt LaFleur? Because, uh, obviously, I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt. I think he's a good head coach. But... Mm-hmm. I've I, and we talked about it a little bit Monday when when I filled in with you guys on on Wilde and Tausch. Like I just feel like he's lacked identity. I, I don't know that we know exactly what he is. So I'll, I'll pass it to you. What do we know about Matt Lafleur for sure? I think he's a smart coach. I think he's obviously a, a nice guy, and I think a guy that coach that the players really like. Um, as far as all of the other stuff goes, I thought it was really telling. Uh, Jason Wilde, who's 
you know, this is what year is this now format before? Is this his fourth or fifth? fifth. I think it's this is his fifth year. And the fact that I asked him point blank, who he's he's there every day with him, what is the Packers identity or what does Matt LaFleur stand for? Mm-hmm. And he paused for a long time and didn't have a comment. Uh, there's coaches have to be flexible. They have to go. But I think when you start talking about Dan Campbell, you know, he's a kneecap biting son of a gun. <laughs> that's, his, that's his deal. What has it been? It's all gas, no brakes. That would be Matt LaFleur's mantra. And I'm not sure if I would say that's how this team plays. I just don't know. I think Matt LaFleur from a using timeouts and how he approaches his aggressiveness. I love that part of Matt LaFleur. I think that is how I would describe it. But from a scheme standpoint, Aaron Rodgers kind of changed a little bit of how he operates. His whole thing is, let's make it easy, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. But when it comes to just Matt LaFleur, I don't know if there is a great answer, which through five years, that's that's not a great thing. It's a little bit of a red flag, but I, I'm with you, right? Like I, my head goes ingenuity, creativity, but lacks execution sometimes. And I think that we've seen that time and time again. And, and through four weeks of this season, I, and I get it, it's an evaluation period, right? We're evaluating everything, and my hopes are still high. I think this can be a playoff team, but Lafleur is still a, a big question mark to me. Which, to your point, is is a little troublesome. And I know it's a new era, but it is still troublesome to a point. Yeah, and and I'm not worried about Matt Lafleur. I think Matt Lafleur is a really smart coach. I agree. Uh, in the league, it's it's different. I I just think that when you, when you start looking at where, and part of it is to your personnel. You went from a very veteran-laden team with a with a great quarterback to an unknown, and to a lot of young players. It's a this is a whole new window in the Matt the Matt Lafleur era with Aaron Rodgers was really good, really good regular season, disappointing postseason. This is I, I judge Matt Lafleur on a whole new scale with this football team compared to what it was. So it's almost as if he has to be judged completely different. From that coach that was the great and the most winning coach in the history of the NFL, now I, it, this is a completely new operation, and he is going to be judged by how he develops Jordan Love, and if he gets this defense to where he wants it to be, because he has kind of put himself in with Joe Barry. Talking with Mark Tauscher, Packer Hall of Famer, uh, on the Badger broadcast as well. I want to get to the Badger stuff in a second, but Mark, we were having this conversation and. Uh, around the office, and we've talked about it before. Of and I know you've talked about how Chicago's kind of where quarterbacks go to die, but it's not just Chicago. It's Cleveland. The Jets haven't had it, yep. and I, I think there now you have to have the talent, some sort of talent or baseline talent at the quarterback position. But if you're drafting a QB, what do you think is more important for their success: an infrastructure or a blueprint on how to maximize their ceiling, or the talent of the of the quarterback? Because I look at the 49ers. Yeah, they, they screwed it up with Trey Lance, but they won with Jimmy G, and now they're winning with Brock Purdy. That's an infrastructure. The Titans win at a certain level. I think uh, I think uh, Vrabel's got the 60 wins over the last six years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see that Jared Goff's winning with, with Detroit. So I honestly think having the infrastructure for quarterback success, especially with a young quarterback, is more important than the actual talent of the quarterback because you can, you can cap a guy's ceiling really quick if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, this is not the great radio answer for that, but it's both. But there's no doubt the more good players you have around, would Brock Purdy be great playing with, um, I don't know, the Cleveland Browns skill people with that offense and with that system? Plug him in this offense, Tausch. You could plug him in Green Bay. I don't think he's as great as he is in San Francisco. uh, San Francisco and what Shanahan does, but it's, 
it's also the defense. They're not asking him to be a hero. They're asking him, just don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. Is Brock Purdy somebody I want leading my my team the next 10 or 15 years? No. But if you have the right system, and it, like, if Brock Purdy's making $45 million bucks, he's not nearly as sexy of a quarterback as mm-hmm. he is when he's making the league minimum, and you can pay Bosa, and you can pr- pay Warner, and you can pay Trent Williams, and you can pay Debo Samuel. You can't do that if you have him on a regular NFL starting quarterback's salary cap. So it always comes back to the infrastructure and the coaching is, is very important. But it still comes down to, do you have a good offensive line? Do you have some skill guys that can make you look a lot better? Because if you don't, you see what happens. And that's unfortunately for Jim, that's what happens down in Chicago. They've tried. They haven't gotten it fixed up front. And until you get it fixed up front, all of this other stuff is just conjecture. Well, and to that, because the other part of it is with the offensive line, and I think we saw a little bit with Jordan against the Lions, and he kind of worked his way through it, but that was in one little game. But these quarterbacks who are getting rocked, you could go back to uh, Derek Carr, Mm -hmm. all these quarterbacks, they they see ghosts, and you don't blame them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're – and hopefully that doesn't happen with Love with this injured offensive line for the Packers because he saw it for moments there for you know against Detroit, and they kind of changed their defense a little bit in the second half, and he also adjusted to it. But that's a real issue of a quarterback uh, with the injuries with the Packers' offensive line that Jordan Love could start seeing some ghosts if he's got people chasing him down all the time. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a part of being a professional athlete. And we had Belaga on our show this morning. You know, talking about that scar tissue, you, when you're a young player, you're naive, man. You think every year is going to be Pro Bowl, you're going to stay healthy, and everything's going to run smoothly. And then the NFL kicks you in the face and tells you how it really is, which is you're going to have to overcome some stuff. Um, and that's why I think when you look at how the Packers have handled it, and again, it's easy to handle it when you have an all-pro or Pro Bowl quarterbacks that you can learn behind. But throwing guys right into the mix uh, – it's worked in some occasions, but it's failed more than it's worked. And the reason for that is you can ruin a player. Uh, you mentioned David Carr. That, those, those scars last, and it's hard to overcome some of, the, some of that bad mojo that you have when you get those hits and you make those mistakes. The great ones, Peyton Manning threw 28 picks his rookie year. But he, you could tell he could handle that and that it was learning on the job. But if you're getting drilled and you're not understanding what to see and how to get rid of the football and all of those things, which I think Jordan Love, he, obviously Aaron helped him a ton with some of those things, that's the big part of the growth. Because otherwise you're just back there as a sitting duck and you don't learn anything. You just learn, I just don't want to get killed. And when you can get rid of that process and you can actually start thinking how you're going to be successful – rather than how you're going to survive, that's the part that I think people miss on when it talks about when you look at development of young quarterbacks. Tosh, last thing we have for you, the Badgers are playing. Uh, they seems like they haven't played in forever. Uh, they get the bye. That's obviously a newer thing in the last five, six years in college football. What do you think that does for the Badgers? Does it help them kind of continue to be able to make this offense and defense they're trying to learn for the players a little bit more muscle memory, just a little bit more comfortable with each passing week, even if they didn't play a game last weekend? Yeah, you would hope so. I think it's, you know, everybody will always tell you the bye came at a perfect uh, time. It doesn't <laughs> week four, week five. I, you definitely would have loved for the bye to be another three or four weeks, kind of split the season in half. But uh, you're always, you know, obviously Ches being hurt and trying to work in some different people. There's always some positives that you could take it. But I really felt like this offense, and especially with uh, Mordecai developing, 
I would have loved to have just kept humming, keep yeah. playing, but that's not where it's at. So you get rested up, everybody's relaxed and right in charge to kind of make this push now that the you know Big Ten season's really getting into gear. But I think it's going to be an exciting time, and really, I think Badger fans are looking at this saying, "Man, the Big Ten West stinks." Even if this team you know was going to develop and it was going to take some time, and it has, and there's still a lot of growth. Luke Fickle has said from the jump. The team we saw in September is not the team we're going to see at Thanksgiving. So if they keep getting better and better, it's ex- it's an exciting time because the Big Ten West is right there, and I don't think there's anybody that you're looking at saying, oh, boy, that's a juggernaut. Wisconsin's positioned itself pretty well. No doubt. Packers bye, by the way, Tausche, just real quick. Coming up at the perfect time perfect. after Vegas. Perfect <laughs> yeah. time for a bye for the do. Packers. It's perfect Always. time. They're all beat up. Perfect time. Uh, yep. Tausch, uh, well, perfect time for you to be able to enjoy the rest of your night. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. See you guys. All right. That's brought to you by Chalmers Jewelers, custom and local Chalmers Jewelers. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah. Round and round, round they go. I get around. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Round and round, round they go. Alex Strode, you were at Badger Media Day? Was that today? Yeah, Badger's Hoops. Yeah, Badger basketball. Hoops, yeah. yeah. I heard Gus Plus down 35 pounds. He looks good. He's tall as heck, dude. Did he get taller, too, or is he just already? He, he was already tall. I imagine he, he looks already, taller, he's though. Only, he's only, what, 18, 19? So he yeah, dropped maybe. 35 pounds. You look taller. Yeah, he, you, you, he, he towers over me, and I'm not short. I'm, I'm about 6'3, so yeah. Yeah, but he's a. I mean, was six seven, six eight. I would guess somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, he's a skilled player. I'm excited to see whatever he does this year. Uh, AJ Store would be another guy. So that, I'll give I'll give you this, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I talked to a bunch of people about the freshman group because it seems like there's a lot of excitement about them. Every single player I talked to said I expect at least one, if not two, of them to contribute right away. Gus probably being one of them. Great and contribute for this team. This team, and with all due respect. Is so damn old. It's one of those things that I feel like every fan base probably hates the Badgers. Yeah, it's like, probably. How long has Tyler Wall played for the Wisconsin Badgers? Yeah. And look, he's just taking advantage of the breaks that were given to him, so it's nothing against him. But it's got to be one of those things that people in the Big Ten got to hate this team. Because it, it's just one of those things where it feels like these guys are playing for Wisconsin forever. I just saw uh, that COVID years are still in effect. Stephen Crawl, yeah. Klesman, yeah. and one other player, I forget who it was. I think Wall, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, they already did crawl, and um, Klesman said that they're planning on using it next year. Wall's last year, I think, is already done now. I think Wall used his COVID year this year. Crawl and Klesman have said they're going to use theirs next year. Oh, wow. Okay, gotcha. There's one other player. I forget who it was. I don't uh, know. Um, um, somewhere in that, obviously, that class. But it's but like, yeah. good Lord, these guys, and it's great for Badger fans. I think they're they're going to be forever. fun. I think they're going to be a fun team, right? Like, not t- in terms of, like, Kentucky or Duke fun, but, like, I think they're going to be a deeper bench this year. I think there are going to be several players you don't expect to step up. I'm feeling the juice. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit after talking to some of these guys earlier today. And you can, uh, I, I recommend go subscribing to the ESPN Madison YouTube channel. I'll have a couple of one-on-one interviews with, with Chucky Hepburn, Tyler Wall, and Connor Sejan coming out within the next week or so uh, leading up to the season. But I asked, uh, I, I asked Chucky Hepburn, because they play an exhibition game, Jimmy, mm-hmm. against UW Stevens Point. And I said, to, I said to Hepburn, I said, buddy, I'm just asking you a favor. Can you please take it easy on my pointers? And he said, I'm, I'm just hoping for a competitive game. 
I said, all right, fair enough. That's all I can ask for. So, out of some of the new players, Alex Stroff, this is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light, live from the Everlight Solar uh, Studio. Primetime Warshawn behind the glass. Uh, out of the uh, new guys, yeah. so uh, that store yeah. that is, obviously, we're talking about Gus Bus. Yep. Um, anyone else jump out to you as far as a new guy that will contribute this year? I think those are the two names you need to keep an eye on. Um, but I kept asking guys, you know, like, who's the one guy we're not talking enough about? And everybody kept saying your favorite, Jimmy. Carter Gilmore is that who everybody's saying. He's, he's, I know he's your guy, so um, I just like, want to I don't want to be mean. Up. I'm just saying that, like, a guy that can only play defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was... I, I got to think he'll be, like, the eighth, uh, or excuse me, the, uh, like, fourth or fifth guy off the bench now. Right, but and that that's fine, and I love what he does. But I was feeling bad for him watching the games because teams were just literally like just turned it back, and walked away. Yeah, they, they did. and so they like did. that's tough. I'm excited. Store. I'm excited to see what uh, Asijin can jump to. Yeah, I am too. I wish, and maybe someone develops out of these young guys, whether it's McGee, uh, a bigger role, or someone else coming in. And Store seems more of an off-ball guard than a, a point guard. Yep. I would love to see Chucky be able to get off the ball, like handling Agreed. the ball, handling duties there. That would, to me, would fully unlock this team. I like, can't believe we're talking college hoops right now. I can't believe it's right around the corner. It I'm is so damn excited. around the corner. So that's the only thing I, I feel like is, it's not lacking, but it's not proven right now, another ball handler behind Chucky. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I think that's that's the one question, big question mark. But I think Klesman's not a main ball. I mean, no. he's like, they're all like can do it. But I mean, like a, at a high level, it's very similar to like not. what the Bucks did getting Dame. It's like okay, Drew Holiday is actually better as a two guard and would be an amazing defender. He's an amazing defender, can defend all five or four positions, and he's great as a two a two guard offensively, and it would be better for the Bucks if that was the case. Dame is a one, and the Bucks now got another one uh, when they got Cam Ward. Do I not Eddie Money? Campaign. Eddie Money? Yeah. This has got to be the best movie you've ever made on this tonight. show. Take me home tonight. Dude, that's brilliant. All right, we got to go. But I can talk basketball all day. Maybe I'll, maybe you'll have me on Mr. Relevant Talks about Droops. I, I would love that. Uh, this has been Roger Hamilton. Brewers Baseball up next. Presented by Coors Light.